everyone. Welcome to the OFD podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, site manager, emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith over at onefootdown.com on the SB Nation Network. And with me tonight, Brendan McAlladin. How you doing, buddy? Our Photoshop guru over at One Foot Down. Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Josh. Heck yeah, you are. Living up in the Mitten State, living that good life. And also with us tonight... Don't 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 break this introduction. This is important. Also with us tonight is a newly minted Notre Dame graduate, and how do we say this? Like like Nostradamus of the Notre Dame football world, Brad Wechter. How you doing, bud? My ego just grew so large. It should. It should. Number one, I can't even begin one, to tell you. Number one, you are a brand new Notre Dame graduate. Well, I will graduate. I, I which is awesome. Classes. Yeah. Which is awesome for your career, but even better for me because now you can do more stuff for the website. <laughs> I mean, that's why I did it in the first place, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I got, I got to get this done for Josh. Yeah, and then uh, the second thing is probably the only person in the entire Notre Dame blogosphere, internet, whatever world, you, the dark web, that correctly pegged uh, Asmar Bilal to have a hell of a season. Well, thank you for mentioning the real accomplishment here. I feel like a lot of things get lost when you finish your degree and and you do your capstone and and, and they tell you you're going to graduate and then they forget to mention that, oh, by the way, that thing you said about Asmir Bilal earlier was so right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like everyone's blinded with, uh, yeah. with their priorities are all screwed up. I know, right? And I'm just like, what about the real thing I did? Like, let's get me paid for that. <laughs> All right, so man, we there is a ton of stuff to cover. Um, and if you know us, we have a tendency to ramble, so we're, I'm going to try to keep this as tight as possible. Um, but I already apologize for failing you. Um, that's the kind of Nostradamus I am. Uh, so the rankings are all in bowl rankings. Uh, I guess the AP and coaches poll pushed theirs out too as well. And now all the bowl pairings came out. And we were probably one of the last podcasts to record, which is great because uh, I got to listen to everybody else's takes, which are um, lukewarm at best. Uh, and I, I mean, I guess I'm I'm still hot under the collar. I, I, I've spent the better part of these last five, six weeks, uh, pr- probably about four and a half, five weeks of kind of trashing this whole this whole bowl system, these rankings. And for the mere fact is that, you know, Notre Dame is ranked 15th. They were there on October 29th uh, for the first college football rankings. Uh, They have won every game since, including two against top 25 opponents. And of of those five wins, four of them, right? Four. Well, I guess three of them were at 30 plus. The other one was the last one on the road in California uh, by a very large score as well. And yet you not a budge. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm pretty pissed about that still. Like, like, it, like it only builds up. Well, it's not like two of those teams were ranked in the top 25 at the current weight. No. <laughs> and yes. one, of the, one of the wins was against a team that was ranked in the top 25. Of the, huh. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad that Notre Dame is ranked above a lot of three-loss teams, right? I mean, there's no three-loss teams in front of Notre Dame. Oh, man, I mean, there, there might be a couple. Yeah, there's a couple. There but, might be a couple. Uh, 
Well, I mean, just one though, right? There's not multiple three lost oh, teams. Oh no, no, oh no. There's 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 two, three, three. What? Yeah, three. Oh, yeah. One of which is Michigan, which you can't really argue that. But Auburn and uh, Wisconsin are the other two. I mean, for the Michigan thing, is the Michigan's loss to Ohio State any worse than Notre Dame's irreparable? I mean, uh, when you get blown out, like let, let's just say you get blown out on a neutral field by like. You know, a huge score. That should matter, right? Do, do you think you drop more than like one spot? Um, do you score more than one touchdown in the football game? Do you score a touchdown in anything but garbage time? Uh, whew, um, I think everybody knows what we're getting at. This shit's ridiculous. Though this whole the and I think the final rankings. I mean. Weren't those just about the the laziest fucking set of rankings <laughs> possible, right? Like yeah. they just were like, all right, we're gonna make sure we put our top four in. That supposedly, and this, I mean, this has got me. This just uh, keeps adding like fuel to the fire. Like we go into the conference championship weekend, they're like, yeah, Ohio State, LSU, and and um, uh, and Clemson could all they could all lose their conference championship games, but they're still in the playoffs. So what the fuck is the what what's the point? What is the point of conferences? What is the point of conference championships if none of this matters? Because I remember being told specifically last season that that 13th data point, damn it, was like incredibly important and should be incredibly important and man, this is going to be tough for Notre Dame to go even 12 and 0 and get in cuz they don't have a conference championship because data point my question to you then is we all watched this weekend and we watched on Friday when Utah got their doors blown off um, against the only team that they've played this year that's been ranked and the only team with more than seven wins. Well, they, if, they did play a rank, a current ranked team in USC. How'd that work that out? Yeah. They lost. Oh yeah. yeah. By a lot. But so if Utah would have won, right, they would have won the PAC 12 conference champion, 13th data point. Fantastic. So which conference champion would have made it to the college football playoff, um, Oklahoma or Utah? So you're telling me that a one-loss conference champion? Would, I thought, I thought one-loss conference champions, they, they make the playoff. Isn't that what we were told, that, that Notre Dame has to go undefeated to assure a spot, and that's just the reality, that only Notre Dame has to do that? Yeah, I mean, just, despite you know teams making the playoffs before without even having won their division and playing in a conference championship game, Notre Dame is still beholding to that. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, the, the this, it, thing it, to say is that there's no bias, right? You can you can sit down and you can say, and this is what a lot of experts, air quotes, will tell you: there's no bias that that everything is impartial. Nobody looks down. There's nothing being held against Notre Dame. Go out and win the game. You should have beat Michigan. And in the year of our Lord, 2019. There's no such thing as no bias. Everyone is biased against something at all times, depending on the channel that you watch. You're telling me conference athletic directors and all that stuff, people that are extremely affiliated to the current schools, even though they have to leave the room when their school's talked about. Or networks are, that have billions of dollars wrapped into certain conferences. Yeah. Uh, Fox has billions of dollars wrapped into the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. So if you watch Fox coverage. Uh, Joe Klatt will speak glowingly. 
about the Big Ten and the Big 12. If you watch ESPN, they have billions of dollars into the ACC and the SEC. So if you talk about them, you'll certainly hear a slant um, pertaining to those two conferences as well. Uh, and then there's poor old Notre Dame. Brad, wouldn't you got- just say that this whole thing is just – there's no other way to say it, right? It's fucked. I, I just – I love how much pomp and circumstance these people put in. You so the, you watched the entire show, correct? I did, I did, yeah. And it was just oh it was it was, cracking, it was cracking me up because Reese Davis would be like, "Let's go to the chair of the committee," and the chair of the committee would come up, and he's just like this guy. And they're like, "Okay, so explain to me for the nth time in a row why you made this decision and not this decision." And he'd be like, "Well, uh, this team was uh, what was it?" And he's clearly looking behind his shoulder. Oh, they were ranked number four, and and this other team did this other thing, and we had this thing going on and i'm just like it's a college it's like and see nobody was gonna ask the question and nobody was gonna ask the question right right like can you explain to me why notre dame has been ranked 15th for or 16th when you dropped them for fucking six weeks in a row no they asked them why oklahoma was four like 15 times and you could see you could see this guy's face it just he just kept getting like oh god again yeah. Okay. Well, Ohio State's two and not one because of this. And they were like, "No, we asked about Oklahoma." He was like, "I'm sorry." He just he, I've answered <laughs> them both fifteen times. <laughs> no, no, Which they their one loss team should have been four. No, they thought Ohio State should have been one instead of LSU, and everybody was like fixating on that. And he was just like, "Guys, I'm sorry." Did I just, they? I, I mean, I didn't watch the show. Did they ask when when they talked about Clemson at all? Did they ask or allude to at all about if? why Clemson would still be in if they lost to Virginia with the no. schedule they went up against? No, they just talked about how dominant Clemson's been and how sorry against, it is. Against and, a sorry-ass schedule. Right, right, and how bad it, right? right, and they just kept saying how bad it is to be Ohio State for so being me, two instead of let one. Me ask you guys, let me ask you guys both. What's the point of scheduling anybody? Like, like I, I firmly believe, I thought the, a four-team playoff, people were, the old-timers were, petrified by it right they thought that it would ruin the regular season um and you know make games less important this and that and honest to god it and there's many other reasons why the playoff is ruining the regular season mainly because we're talking about it in fucking august but they're not wrong like it was supposed to be like yeah you got to have these the strength of schedule so your resume stacks up when it goes in and when the honest to god truth is none of that shit matters it just wins matter like you absolutely as long as you're winning so if if notre dame would have replaced and i've said this quite a few times already if notre dame would have played you know rice and freaking you know utep instead of or rice and georgia state or whatever rather than michigan and georgia and finish the season 12 and 0 I mean, isn't that what we should have done then? Yeah, I mean, I mean is, is that not what we should? I mean, how how do you keep them out? They would. If you look at Baylor, that's basically what would have happened. If Baylor would have managed to have beaten Oklahoma, if they didn't choke away another game again against Oklahoma, yeah, the only team they played, game, they played, they played them twice and lost both times. Yeah, but if they would have beaten Oklahoma that second time, Baylor would have been in the playoff. Baylor didn't play a single solid. Baylor, Baylor has. Only one ranked win all year, and that's against Oklahoma, an eight and four Oklahoma State. And it would have been Oklahoma, and then Oklahoma's ranked wins would have been abysmal as well. The only thing Oklahoma's got to show for it is Baylor and Okie State. 
it's in Utah, if they would have beaten Oregon, that would have been their only ranked win and they would have marched in. Neither one of them played a goddamn. See, every, everyone's, everyone's figuring this out. And, you know, I loved uh, Mario Cristobal's um, response. Like, well, we got to see, we're, you know, we're going to keep scheduling bullshit. That was the ultimate lip service because he knows damn well, if they would have played fucking Portland state or some, or I mean, they probably already played. Yeah. Yeah. But anybody other than, you know, played a, a middle tier, low tier, whatever team, an FCS school, instead of Auburn, they're in. Well, and so I mean, everybody figured this out. Like, right, like when the playoffs first came out, everyone was kind of at first kind of positioning themselves up to strengthen their schedule up, so they had these, you know, these talking points, you know, these resume builders. And then you then you realize nobody needs it because going undefeated is extremely hard, regardless, right? Yeah. So all we need to do is make it easier to be undefeated and we'll be in the conversation with a chance to line up, you know, a lot easier. But let me say that the, the SEC has been a master at, of it for years anyways. Sure. Yeah. The ACC is falling right in line. The Big Ten right there. I mean, look at look at the Big Ten. Look at, you know, Ohio State, Minnesota, Penn State. You know, Michigan probably played the toughest out of conference schedule just because Notre Dame was on there. Yeah. I mean, so they but, just kind yeah. of, they feast, they feast outside of the conference on lower tiered opponents. And then it, it's kind of like a round Robin, which in, in a conference, like the big 10, they're not, you know, Minnesota didn't play Ohio state or Michigan anyways. So you have these overinflated records, but people, but because their wins, you know, sooner or later, they have to move up in the rankings, right? Cause you can't justify like a power five team. That's nine and oh, you know, being ranked, you know, not close to the top 10, even though logic dictate, you know, like eyeballs. And like, when you actually like study it, you're like, Oh, they probably aren't this good. You know, you start lining up against other teams, but let let me ask you, you everyone's like, everyone's working the system here in a way that has never been done before. But let me ask you this, just from the Notre Dame perspective, if we're sitting here talking about like maybe the Orange Bowl took Notre Dame or another New Year's Six team was able to take Notre Dame with the bowl schedule, and it's on the back of close losses to Georgia and the merit of playing Michigan at Michigan, are we having the same conversation? Are we still taking those like those shots? Because to me, it's like we're angry now that we got stuck yes. in the Camping World Bowl against Iowa State, despite playing a very tough schedule. We feel like there's no payout, right? And yeah. And it should be noted, and it has been noted elsewhere. This, the, and people have to realize that this is a this year is kind of a anomaly. It will happen again, though. Like if the things stay the same, this cycle will happen again, where there isn't that many New Year's Six options for Notre Dame. Um, right, it just so happens so, that the the conference aligned right, goals right. matched so up you, this year. You kind of got screwed up. There's just so many ten and two teams. And the way that the, uh, you know, your conference tie-ins of these bowls, and there, there was only so many slots available because of the way the, the semifinals were lined up. This was kind of a screwy year. But, yeah, you're right, Brad. I mean, I, but it was, I think it was because it was so blatant. Like, watching yeah. Notre Dame sit there, it ranked in one position all those weeks. And, you know, I get, like, the initial shock value of the Michigan game. And, and even – and now, you know, I look at it like, you know, I said it from during the game. Like, nobody got off the bus on that. 
That wasn't yeah. like a team where you could say like Notre Dame had less talent. You know, it wasn't like when Notre Dame got crushed by Alabama. It was the Miami game redux. Yeah, that it was, it was we just, talked about that. You know, that and, night. and even then, it was different. Like Miami was Miami was like this huge shell shock in the moment kind of thing with bad quarterback play. Michigan was just like people didn't get off the bus. Like it, the crowd, it, it was, like they were generally like caught up in the moment down in Miami. At Michigan, nobody wanted to be in the moment. Like it was just mm-hmm. like it was like Georgia playing Texas in a bowl game last year. Yep. Or yeah. anytime the SEC loses a bowl game, right? They weren't in the moment. But you know, just didn't matter. That's not an excuse for Notre Dame. They absolutely have to get up for that game. By the way, yeah. I mean, they absolutely have to get up for that game. That's not an excuse. That but it, it, but like it, but but when you start good. lining up, when you start lining these teams up next to each other, and you're saying like who actually is a better team? Yeah, I mean, come on. You you can absolutely say, all right, they didn't show up to the game, but put them up against this, this, and this team. Like, I mean, God, they were in love with Utah, and you're looking at them like, what is, what is the deal with the Utah Utes? I mean. <laughs> no, an anemic offense, a defense that got shredded by the one team with an offense they played. Um, yeah, the, the, the best home field advantage, arguably, um, in the power five, right? Having to play in the mountains there is, is an arduous ask for any team because Utah's home field advantage isn't the crowd. It's the fact that you're playing at elevation, which is extremely difficult for college kids. And, but Utah, like what's your favorite Utah game? Did you watch a whole lot of Utah this year? Uh, you know, my, my favorite Utah game is that time that Tommy Reese beat him. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe it was the, the blocked punt. That uh, that beat him, right? Yeah, no, Robert Blanton. It, it, it was Tommy Reese. Come on, Everybody. So yeah, so I mean, I just I I told the guys before the we started recording the podcast, like this is basically Festivus, right? Like, so we are airing our grievances here, and there are many, and there are there are many different branches for each each one, but the simple fact remains is that Notre Dame is playing in the Camping World Bowl against Iowa state. It could have been Texas and it could have been Oklahoma state. I would still bitch and complain about Notre Dame's ranking, but the opponent itself that we are forced to play. And I'm not, I'm not going to be ignorant and say, well, Iowa state is beneath us. Cause that's not actually what I feel. It's just not a matchup. I care about. I mean, <laughs> it's just that it's not anything that really moves the dial for me at all. Texas does for, for reason for reasons because they're Texas. Uh, just like, you know, just like Notre Dame moves the dials when they're I mean, people act like when Notre Dame's having like a, a their Ocho Cinco's years and a team beats it, they're freaking pumped and it's a crap season for us. But it's Notre Dame, so it moves the dial. Right. Same way a bit with Texas. And and I there, there's some revenge factor there for 2016 for me. Oklahoma so State. Oklahoma State we had a whole we had a whole Canada theme Ready to go. Oh, uh, with yeah, with Hubbard you, uh, and Chase Claypool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Kansas State, which would have been like a, a, a fantasy redo of 2012 when we could have played Kansas State for the national championship that we probably would have won. So of the four teams up for this game, we get the one everyone pretty much wanted the least. I mean, I do like the fact that um... – there's there's the the low-hanging fruit is obviously the whole Matt Campbell thing 
Uh, people have tabbed him sort of as a, a future coach and waiting for a lot of big programs. And I personally haven't seen, and I've talked to Jude about this as well. Uh, I haven't seen anything from Matt Campbell outside of that one, his, his uh, win against Oklahoma, I believe it was 2016. But since then, I think his last, I looked it up, his last 10 games against ranked teams, Matt Campbell's two and eight. Hard pass on that. And the last um, time I checked, Notre Dame hasn't lost to an unranked team since 2016, which is the second longest streak in, football. in the country behind yeah. Alabama, who hasn't lost to an unranked team since 2007. One nice thing you can say for this, though, is well, Notre we'll get to the nice record. things. Well, hold on, hold oh, on. We're, we're, we're still, we're still, yes, we respect the holiday. Respect the holiday. So, I got my pull out. I'm ready. So I, I want to ask you guys, because I, I thought it was an interesting question. And so I, I took it to Bagpipe Monday. And the premise of this is this, is that outside of all the, the complaints we have of Notre Dame being in the camping world and their rankings, outside of all of that, it, is, it, it was the matchup against Iowa State that bothered me the most. When you, look at, when you start looking at all these other options. Now, the options I put in front of people were the rest of our ACC you know, tie-ins down from the Music City Bowl. So I'm not, I, I wasn't putting like the Citrus Bowl up against it because of course you'd rather be in the Citrus Bowl than the Kipping World Bowl. For, yeah. I'm taking the name out of the bowl game. All right, this, we're just talking about a, a straight game rather than worried about which bowl game exactly it is. And so, the, you know, the list was, you know, Kentucky, Michigan State, Mississippi State, Arizona State, Temple, Louisiana Tech, Eastern Michigan, ha, 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 uh, Cincinnati. <laughs> I would have went to that game, by the way. And then I was – so of those games that I listed, Brad, which game would you most be or, – or would it be Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl? Which game would you rather see Notre Dame play? I mean, I would put both the Michigan State and Cincinnati games above Iowa State. I would too, and that's the pinstripe in the Birmingham Bowl. Yeah, which I mean, fine, whatever. But I mean, Cincinnati is a raw deal, right? It was in that game. Cotton. You go to the Birmingham Bowl. You know, yeah. their, their, their title game. Their title game against Memphis. They probably, if they would have beat Memphis, they would they would have been the ones. If- if people hadn't done the cowardly decision to kick a field goal instead of going for it on fourth and one inside like the 15 yes. yard line, they yes. would have won that football game. And they would have got, they got what they deserved. They got, they, they got what they deserved. They did get what they deserved. Luke Fickle went straight cowardly. Jim Memphis Trump. could not stop, could not stop them on the ground. No, it was straight no. pal football, wildcat action. Memphis could not stop it. How he didn't just say, we're ending this with a touchdown. You're right. Absolutely. Hundred percent, and then they still even had a damn chance there at the end, which is ridiculous. Well, they spiked the ball, right? Because they got into the red zone and they spiked the ball. <laughs> did, how bad out. did you want to slap McElroy when he's like, "Oh, these guys got." Well, they got a great he acted. Match. He acted like yeah. a minute and ten seconds was like an entire no. quarter. That combination of Michael Warren and Ritter could not be stopped. Their QB yeah. could not be stopped on the ground, and they. I mean. Yeah, I, I don't understand the decision to not go for. They went for it earlier in that drive, uh, but yeah. I, I mean, I digress. Yeah, it, it, that but that would have been a longer field goal attempt too. It would have been a longer yeah, field goal. Yeah, attempt, we we but... just branched off completely there. We were talking some hardcore, hardcore AAC action here. Yeah. However, <laughs> Brad, Brad, you put it between Sparty and Cincy. However, my ultimate answer is the pinstripe bowl against Michigan State. 
Yeah, you could put up the mega. That's what I said, man. You could put I up the mega. I would so much rather play that game. Yeah, that's a traditional rival in a bowl game, like in a in a year in which we did not have them on the schedule. That that would have been a lot cooler. Yeah, I mean, we're just we're just going. You're not going to get any credit for beating Iowa State. You're just not. No, so it doesn't matter. And you're and if you beat Cincinnati, either though. But if you beat Cincinnati, you just knock them out of the rankings. Yeah. And Cincinnati's a team that, God bless them, but they did get by uh, Ohio State, right? It was like forty-two right. nothing. Right. So, so you don't like I mean, if you want to, so, if you want, if you want to put just, an SEC. I mean, if you want to put it, if you're not worried about, you know, because none of these are like right. You you got a couple SEC teams too to pick from Mississippi State, yeah, Kentucky, just to say a win over. You know, look, look, Kentucky and Mississippi State fans have been living off of Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia wins for two decades. So yeah. if you want to, if you just want to take a win over one of them as a straight SEC win, by all means, you have that authority because of the way that they've operated. I'd also like to add that yeah. some pretty good teams got blown out by Ohio State, namely the MAC champion Miami Redhawks. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, they, have <laughs> <laughs> they beat uh, they beat my Central Michigan uh, Chippewas in the the championship. That's, that's, the worst thing about all game. this is that Eastern's been in like the Bahamas, right? Which probably not something I'm I would be going to. Because uh, my wife would think I'm crazy, yeah. uh, but but they're going to the quick so, lane now. Exactly. So uh, uh, Lino Garcia, who uh, writes for us for One Foot Down, does our hockey coverage. Lino's an emu guy. In fact, he was third floor wise hall like me. Uh, different years, but uh, same floor, same hall, which is pretty dope. Uh, messaged me. He's like, "Hey man, are you going up to the quick lane bowl?" And it's December 26. I'm taking the family on a on a trip. Uh, leaving Christmas Day just for a couple of days. Like for months, I've been like, this, there's no way I'm doing anything on December 28th because we're going to play in a bowl game on that day somewhere. Yep. Is what I felt. Is what I felt. Sure enough, my, my prophecy there right. came true. So it wasn't going to be the Citrus Bowl. But uh, <laughs> so just for a couple of nights. So, but that's definitely one of them. So we'll, we'll be, I'll be uh, hundreds and hundreds of miles away uh, from Detroit, which is usually a good thing but quite unfortunate this time around. Damn it. Oh. The one, the one, that's three times Emu's gotten to the bowl game. I just, Oh, you could have seen forever, Martin, baby. Arduzzi. Um, if I had to pick a game, I would pick the game that they're in now. I don't want, I don't want any part of Michigan state. I think Michigan state's a trash program. I think they are on the outs. I think Michigan state's going to be a second run, second tier, big 10 team. They're going to be down there with Purdue. I think Michigan State's in for a ten-year rebuild, and I don't want to have any part of the grossness. So, so of Michigan, Michigan State, State football is basically Notre Dame basketball at this point. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, because same amount of injury in, in the transfer market, right? So they are, yeah, you're right. They they are Notre Dame. They are Notre Did Dame you got, basketball. And going off topic a little bit on basketball, and just to get a quick reaction for you guys, Ooh. did you read Prister's uh, uh, piece about the? And then the podcast today. Wow. I mean, I never thought, I guess I didn't think it was, it'd be that close to like this being Braves last year. There is no one who loves Notre Dame basketball more in the football market than Tim Priester. And that was, that was, that was something else. Vicious. Vicious. I mean, and not to say that it wasn't, it was justified. Yeah. It's totally close for sure. I was just shocked to hear it and hear it in such uh with being so certain. Yeah. <laughs> so like, oh man. So yeah, Michigan State football 
it's driving itself down to uh, Notre and Dame you know basketball what? at this point. That's fair because um, the greatest coach of the modern era for, you know, basically since the 1970s of Notre Dame basketball has been Mike Bray. I think we can say that unequivocally, right? Yeah, yeah pretty easy. <laughs> The greatest coach of of Michigan State, same time period, right? Basically, since Duffy Doherty, Mark Dan, Mark Perlis. Perlis had one one uh, Rose Bowl appearance, and I don't know. Did they win it in ninety? What was it? Eighty nine? Uh, off the the juiced up. But, no, they they played USC. I thought, thought USC was them. Yeah, yeah. The only Michigan State coach to win a Rose Bowl since Duffy Doherty has been Mark D'Antonio. He had all of those eleven win seasons. Uh, and it's just, yeah, right, 13 and one, the, yeah, 13 and one season. And guess who had the one, <laughs> uh, it was, um, Tommy Reese in 2013, baby. <laughs> Reasons, man. Up. Just, just making things the way they Throwing should jump be. balls and getting flags. But <laughs> no, I don't want any part of the Michigan state stink. I think Kentucky's a trash ball team. Uh, hopefully Virginia tech gets a win. So we look better at the end of the year. Um, uh, Mississippi State. I heard rumors that uh, what's his name uh, Moorhead might have gotten fired this season. So um, I don't know. The Music City Bowl treated us nice with the uh, the first the first run against LSU. Um, but I I don't know. I I, I like playing. I mean, this we, game what about Arizona State? I mean, that's a. I mean, you get you another chance of connection. Brian Kelly Brian Kelly in a sombrero. There's the Catholic connection with Herm Edwards, right? Uh, there, that would be a lot of fun. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Um, no, yeah, that, that actually would be <laughs> kind of fun. I, you know, the sun bowl, the sun bowl might have Arizona state in the sun bowl, but Arizona state's one of those gross teams that sort of like, I, I don't know. I kind of like the fact they're playing a big 12 team. There's going to be some fireworks and they, they're touting Iowa state's defense, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I want any part of the grossness of a Michigan State or an Arizona State or a Kentucky or a Mississippi State. Um, I kind of want to shoot out on the site on the poll. Shockingly, like Temple and Louisiana Tech both have one vote. Uh, Emu, which is not shocking, has two votes, and one of them is not mine. <laughs> I voted for Sparty. <laughs> I thought you were going to say both <laughs> of them were you. <laughs> but I, I, I guess I was a little. Uh, so oh, my just, going, just, just going off these very minor results, I was a little shocked that Kentucky was less than Arizona State. I, I don't know. Just, 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 oh. a, just a quick, just a a quick look of, at that. Uh, a Catholic, me I mean, it's a results. Catholic university, Catholic fan base, and we just love ourselves some Catholic head coaches and her downwards, you know? <laughs> are, you, are you trying to say you're firm for Herm? Um, oh, I'm not, man, that's, not that's solid. It. Just, so just I think it it's fair, I think it's fair to say that you know whatever direct whatever stats you want to throw out or direction you want to go in I think it's pretty safe to say that Notre Dame staying at fifteen ranked fifteen throughout this whole fucking time period of the college is pretty messed up. It's very like up. something something isn't adding up. They should be above Michigan, and I'm going to pound the table and say they should be above Michigan. I don't care if Michigan owns the head-to-head. They both – you throw the head-to-head out the window. Both teams – That's what they Michigan, tried to do last year. <laughs> Michigan's got two <laughs> shitty losses where they got their doors absolutely blown off. And if we want to just take the names off the fucking plate and you just look at it objectively and you say, you know what? Michigan got absolutely housed by Wisconsin. And then at home, Wisconsin bent them – over. Ohio State bent them over a bait table, no lube, straight up, fist straight in there, and got blown out. 
They've given up 119 points in two years to Ohio State. And you want to tell me that Michigan still deserves to be ranked 14th? The only reason Notre Dame's sitting at 15 is because the committee was gun-shy to move a Notre Dame team that lost to Michigan above Michigan. And Michigan didn't deserve to be ranked above 14. The only reason Notre Dame's at 15 is because Michigan doesn't deserve to be at 14. And I'm standing by that. And I will say this. You're talking about a Notre Dame team that with two minutes left in the ball game could have beat the current ranked number five Georgia Bulldogs with on the two road. With, with with two with a blowout loss to LSU and a loss to a four and eight South Carolina team. And that was Yet, on the road at night in the most hostile environment that any college football team has had to play in the last like 10 years. That laser just, light show that they had going on in the third <laughs> quarter was unreal. That, that everyone started to copy now. Yeah. Like Georgia's like the complete innovate. Like their offense is so uninspiring that that they're like that everything else is like super inspiring. Like that offensive coordinator doesn't need to fired. He needs to put in jail for for what he did with their offense this year. Yeah, you got DeAndre Swift Jake from State from. And you can't put together an offense that can consistently score 30 points. You need to be fired. Yeah, George Perkins, too. She's freshman to play well. I mean, you had a you had a lot of guys. You had well, they were they had the best offensive line of college football heading into the yeah, season. Bar none, they have a lottery picked uh, left tackle. I mean, and you can't consistently put up thirty points. You score twenty points in regulation against the trash bag. So, Will Monk so here's team. what. So that's my. I guess my. And we'll we'll kind of wrap up this part portion of the podcast with, with this point. Notre Dame is getting housed by the committee and by the media itself because they're they're 14th in the AP for a bad loss at Michigan and shit weather in a game where they they just did not show up at all. They it, it, it was almost like a no try thing. Like they they went up there, they collected their loss. It was a DNP. Home. It was a DNP. Yeah, did not play but, right. But you're using that as a basis of they're not really that good. Yet a team who just got blown out by LSU, you only drop them one spot, and that's a team Notre Dame went toe to toe with on their home field. So how can you sit there and tell me that Notre Dame's not all that good when we've seen it? I mean, I it's well, you have and, you have Florida, you have Florida playing in the Orange Bowl. Florida's got the committee says that wins against the FCS don't count. Well, according to my math, then Florida's eight and two this season with a seven point loss at home, mind you, to Georgia in a game that they needed to storm back from. They were basically getting blanked until the fourth. And Florida has eight and two because they have two FCS wins. And Florida's off playing in the Orange Bowl, ranked number nine. Why is Florida ranked number nine? Well, exactly. And, so Brad, let me ask you this. So for me, it's like, it's not even the bowl game. Like I think, I think too much emphasis by fans and, and the media right now is the fact that it's the camping world bowl. Yeah. We'll get to the but, happy part of the camping camping world, but yeah, we're going to get, we're going to get to that. But, but to me, the, mo- the most important part of all of this, like you're not going to be in the playoffs and you're not, so you're not going to win a national championship and have all that stuff, but there was still one goal left and as a minor goal, but it's the only goal that would, that was left was to finish in the top 10. Brad, do you think that, I mean, that's to me and Jude and I talked about this, you know, already a couple of weeks ago, that's a pretty important thing for Notre Dame to fit. I mean, almost like they need to finish in the top 10. Would you, would you, 
to kind of validate what's still going on in South Bend, which we would, I think most of us would say has been a good thing since 2016. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if anybody still watching this program throughout November understands that this team finished out the season the way that Notre Dame teams in the past have not, they absolutely murdered the teams that were left on their schedule throughout November and they finished very strong. And the fact that there's not even a debate over who the best two loss team is, and you just throw Notre Dame down at 15 is why we're also upset, right? Yeah, it's not. The, yeah, because I'm not. I, I got. I guess I don't care. Like, I, I, I did care kind of by wanting to go to the Cotton Bowl or what, whatever. But to right. me, the most important thing was to finish the season a top 10. And yeah. by burying Notre Dame in that spot for weeks and weeks and weeks, you're taking that goal away with, with no cause. Yeah. And it's not like they like didn't. Be- then now you line them up for. for for not, you know, against Iowa State in a game that, you know, yeah. if they let's face it, if Notre Dame wins by 30, if they beat Iowa State by 30 or by three, it's not going it to move matter. the needle anywhere. Yeah, it won't matter. And I mean, it's not like they didn't beat good teams towards the end of the year after Michigan. They beat Navy. Navy's ranked. Like they have wins over Virginia and Virginia. USC. Like They're if Navy beats Army, listen, if Navy beats Army, Navy finishes their season ranked 10 and two with losses to Cotton Bowl bound and AAC champion Memphis. And to Notre Dame, and that's it. Yeah, but yeah. you're still going to stick Notre Dame down at 15. There's Even a reason Dame. why Notre Dame's at 15, and it has nothing to do with bias. It doesn't have anything to do with um, the Michigan loss. The real reason Notre Dame's at 15 is because it is a conspiracy by Big RV in the camping world <laughs> company because the, the, the RV Mew Hall of Fame is in Elkhart, Indiana, and they needed to get Notre Dame down right to there Orlando up 80, so they could grease those palms, right? Those palms at the, the camping, the, the, the RV Hall of Fame, so Camping World could get their latest model and the showroom floor at that, that Hall of Fame. And they knew the only way they could do it is if they could sell some Camping World tickets front row and press boxes <laughs> to those, those RV Hall of Famers. We all know where the big money lies, and the big money is in Big RV. And they've been pulling the strings behind the season, behind the scenes, basically since October. Yeah, Millersburg, Elkhart, that whole area hit hard. In a, you know when the housing bubble hit, and they, but they have made a strong comeback, and they got the money now. They got they that got money. money to do that. I mean, there's big pharma, there's big oil, and then there's big <laughs> RV. Man, you just can't, you can't, you can't under, fuck, you cannot mess with big. You know, we need to be careful uh, because people will listen to that in this area. So I mean, just I'm just saying, watch, watch your mailbox. Watch your mailbox, Brendan. I'm I'm, I'm tipped. I'm be be out. careful I'm about. Be, let's be careful about who we're pissing off here. It's supposed to just be Iowa State and Michigan fans. You might want to make a large Amazon purchase of tinfoil. <laughs> just saying. Hey, who says he doesn't have them already? already. <laughs> uh, to, to replace the current. Oh, you're going to go through this week. Going to need super family supply. All right. With that, we're going to take a a quick uh, commercial break, uh, trying to keep it pro fresh tonight, which I rarely do. But uh, I'm only a few beers in instead of uh, more than a few beers in. So a quick break. We come back and we're going to flip the script a little bit. All right, we are back. And so, yeah, I'm going to flip the script. We did it. We're on our Festivus trip here. We did it. We aired our grievances and, and we kind of did our feats of strength, right? Like, like we're showing, you know, we talked about Notre Dame being better than, than that 15th record. So, I mean, I have a bent, 
iron rod in, in this room. Uh, I don't know about you folks uh, that are listening to this or, or Brad and Brennan, if you guys were doing this while we're talking, but you know, I'm, I'm over here breaking shit, but we're going to move on to a kind of a, a different side of the, the whole thing. And that's like, look, and uh, I think, I, I think I'm just going to call him. Okay. Boomer. Right. <laughs> I, I, mean, do, do I wanted to do it. New, I wanted to, OF, but I didn't know. The, uh, new of new OFD contributor, uh, Matt Boomer. Uh, I think, I think he's, he's just okay. Boomer now for life, but he made some very funny and very good points about learning to love the camping world. Bowl. And it's something that I've been preparing myself for, for weeks. I, I started writing about this um, before Thanksgiving even. Uh, but so, I mean, look, the biggest point is there's one game left and for fans to say they're not going to watch or anything, I, I cannot, I, I don't line up with you. You, you and I can't be friends. Um, that makes zero sense to me. Um, so because that it's the last game we have for freaking nine months, are you insane? Why would you not watch it? I, I think, I think we got, we got to look at this in a, in a different light, right? We, we got all of our, the bad shit out of the way and yeah, it's not sexy. It's, it's not what we wanted. Um, but it's, it's what we got. So, you know, in your normal life, don't you have to make, you know, you got fucking lemonades, you know, you got to make a gin lemon and seven. So the camping world bowl. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk good about it, guys. Let's, I'm excited. Let, let's bring something up, Brad. Brad, g- give me some, give me some positive vibes. Uh, throw them my way for me to start feeling that, that good, good OFD after dark feeling here. All right. Well, have another beer and then, uh, so basically we get to, uh, play a new opponent for the first time ever in Iowa state. They, kind of look like usc so we kind of get to hate them yeah we should have um, we should have prepared and like f- figured out how many teams are left in the in fbs that we haven't played yeah um, this is this is one of them um this is, yeah so, <laughs> there's not very many left but this is one of them yeah so that's interesting and exciting um they're they're in the big 12 not like a p5 conference so you know they were the third best. No, they're they are P five. They're not G five. Uh, that's what I meant to say. Not G five. They are P five. Or as the AAC um, would say, uh, they're power six. Power six. <laughs> yeah, yes. Six. They're a they're a they're a. I struggled even. Never mind. I was going to call them a power, but you know seven and five. But a lot like the twenty sixteen Notre Dame team, they lost a lot of close games. They might be okay. Um, I get that it's a lose-lose, but we might get to see a pretty good football game. We get to see another football game. Um, we get to go to Orlando. Yeah, shit, I don't know. So we got another football game. Hey, and I think I'm sending uh, Philip Goff to cover this for us. Oh, good. Well, he'll have fun. <laughs> well, hey, here's a positive for you, Phil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean... I mean if you guys remember back to to the uh, to the crazy and hectic uh, conference realignment days when there was oh, like yeah. a new rumor like every twenty two yeah, minutes, eleven, and then uh, you know, and one it? of them one of them was you know Notre Dame to the Big Notre Twelve Dame to the Big Twelve, yeah. And my my one of my I remember clear as day like one of the things I kept hammering over and over again, like there's no fucking way Notre Dame wants to go to Ames every other year. Nope. Like I just kept bringing Ames up. Like this is not. So this to me is interesting. I mean, it's obviously not in Ames, but 
it does it does start to you know you start to knock down these teams you haven't played before and i mean that i think that's a heck of a point i i mean if if none of it matters anyways right like like no it one matters. cares no it matters if, it absolutely no one, matters it does matter but like but, but nobody cares outside of us outside mm-hmm. of the Notre Dame bubble i mm-hmm. i guess you know okay nobody will care in like I don't know by the time August rolls around or by the time Phil Steele starts putting together his magazine, nobody's going to care. But I think that it's a nice thing that Notre Dame's bull record is what? 18 to 19, right? If they win this year, they'll go, they'll be 19 and 19. Cause uh, for the, for a majority of history, Notre Dame eschewed the bowl games to not because they didn't influence the, uh, the final rankings or a national title. So Notre Dame hasn't played a ton of them and they're 18 and 19. And the reason why they're below 500 is because how many times in your life has Notre Dame been matched up against a team that was over their skis? Right? Other, the than the, other than the national, other than the national championship game in 2012, and well, I say no. that, and I, and I say that only because they absolutely earned the right to play that game. But other than that, most bowl games of the pretty much all their New Year's Six games since uh, the '93 season probably undeserving to be in there 2000 right they played they were number 11 and somehow they got to go bowl game and get housed by tj huzman zada and chad ocho single right do you remember that debacle right. the oh, Bob yeah, Baby debacle? That. Oh, then, yeah. then you get the bat you get the bad draw of lsu in 06 uh, with the bad draw against ohio state, state yeah an equally bad draw. i mean those are like the ohio state both those games are like the worst possible matchups you could get notre dame didn't have like and you remember those were years well, I'll go back to 2006 with the LSU, but like around that time, that's like when can't when Kansas was going to the Orange Bowl, right. and Wake Forest, and they had all these other like New Year's Six games playing the buzz that, were no, that were nothing burger teams, and uh, and Notre Dame has to go play a team that was in both cases maybe the third best ca- team in America. both capable of winning yes of winning a national championship. I mean, 2015. I don't care what anyone tells me. Ohio State 2015 was the best team in America, and Urban Meyer just decided that Ezekiel Elliott didn't exist in the rain against Michigan State because that Ohio State team put in <laughs> just an absurd amount of professional athletes um, that are still playing at a high, very high level. I mean, half the Saints secondary is on that Ohio State team, <laughs> yeah, right? I that mean, 2015 Ohio State team. Yeah, was, it was a, it was a terrible yeah. draw. It was, I mean. Yeah. It, so was a, it is about and even and even both times that they played LSU, the 2014 Music City Bowl, we had no business playing LSU in that game, and we just happened to win. But it was a, a, I, a Notre Dame team that limped into the the um, the the bowl season. Yeah, I'm gonna make one actual correction real quick though. There was one. There there has been one. There was one uh, New Year's Six game that Notre Dame absolutely deserved. Um, since '93, and and that was the uh, was Charlie Weiss's first year, 2004. No, they deserved it. They, they absolutely but deserved. They, could, the, they, they drew the, the hardest. And, yeah, you, you had a and and even that that quote unquote blowout wasn't quite the blowout that it was. I mean, no, it was a close game got, in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Zippy, the, there's a, there's a touchdown in fourth quarter. Yeah, you look at the Orange Bowl that season. Penn State got to play an eight and four Florida State team that year. <laughs> and they went I'm to saying. triple. They went to triple over team, and the winner scored twenty six. Notre Dame's got to play, you know, eventual Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Troy Smith. Um, Troy Smith. 
it's just and San Antonio Holmes and San Antonio Holmes. It was a stacked oh. team. Yeah, that team was loaded. Yeah. So bringing it it's back, about time. It's about time that Notre Dame gets a draw. Where six months from now, nobody's going to care who Notre Dame played in this bowl game. The AP voters by the end of the season, they're going to wake up to their senses. They're going to look at it. They're going to, you know, uh, dust off their their typewriters. Or they their, don't even their... do that. What what they did last year, and and probably this probably should have been brought up more of the grievances but what they did last year was a fucking crime oh yeah you know they put their vote so many of them put their votes in before the clemson alabama game just leaving it to whoever wins that would be one and two and so you brought up a ohio state team which oh by the way got beat the f up by purdue not michigan by Purdue purdue on the road at night that was a worse loss than Notre Dame at Michigan this year. That's it's hard the, to do. It's the worst loss that Notre Dame's had since Tulsa 2010. And yet that team was still, they still brought back up on the rankings and finished ahead of Notre Dame at number four in the country. So th- th- I use, I have used that example countless times as far as how bad Notre Dame is getting hosed for one game is look what they like. Well, they should have, they should have got beat like that on the road. Well, Purdue or Ohio State did, and it didn't matter to them. So but then, the you, then, then they come up with all sorts of reasons, or not even reasons, or excuses why they would bring them up. I'm like, that's all horse shit. Notre Dame went out and did the exact same thing by blowing teams out after that. I mean, their closest game after Michigan was the Virginia Tech game, which was what, which was what I had said. You know, preseason was was the actual trap game, not Virginia after. Georgia, but Virginia Tech after Michigan. I strongly felt that was a huge trap game for Notre Dame. It was a letdown game. But so, yeah, I mean, it, going to, so by the end of the season, the AP voters are going to, you know, vote for their teams. The teams in front of Notre Dame generally more or less have to play each other. And Notre Dame, the AP voters should come to their senses and look at an 11 win, 11 and 2 Notre Dame team. And you're telling me that an 11 and 2 Notre Dame team, is not deserving to be ranked number 10, at least number 10. Brad, so let me that's ask the you. one, the nice part about playing Iowa State is at least the writers in the AP have this sort of hard on for Matt Campbell. So perhaps they can look at a win, even if it's a seven and six Iowa State and be like, well, it's Matt Campbell. And perhaps Maybe. more so Maybe. than they would against a first year head coach at, at Kansas State or the most overrated and despicable uh power five blue blood in texas if they had blown them out they'd be like well texas is you know so what so we're talking about the end end of the season here a little bit or the end of the bowl end of the bowl season i think i I think it's important for georgia to win their bowl game as pissed off as i am about georgia only dropping one spot i you still want them finishing four or five in the country based off of and this is like if someone's actually going to do a poll uh, an AP voter or whatever that's legit. You can look at, and when you're looking at Notre Dame and then you look at their losses, okay, Georgia, you know, you know, getting that. Well, Georgia's uh, playing Baylor. And if yeah, you have you, I've should have more Baylor games than I'm, than I wish to admit. So that, that was and a long, Baylor, basically the whole month of November in the fourth quarter has probably scored 20 points. So, I mean, that was a long I, lead I into this. That was a long lead into this. As long as Notre Dame, here, here's another good thing to think about for the, for the Camping World Bowl. 
just just getting a win, period. Straight up a win. Most important thing. As long as Notre Dame wins that game, they are going to be ranked ahead. They are going to be ranked ahead of either Michigan or Alabama who yes. face off in the Citrus Bowl. I think most yep. of us will say Alabama's probably going to make Michigan as their absolute the bitch play. in that game. But a a non-New Year Six Alabama squad in the Saban era is not all that that do you remember not, the last time dangerous. do you remember the last time Alabama played a non-New Year Six bowl game? Uh yeah, it was against Utah. No, that was the, that was oh. the Sugar Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah. The um, last time they played a non-New Year Six game, they put like a 50 burger on Michigan State in 2011. They just oh. absolutely housed the Michigan that, State game. Okay. And that was Either the way, year before they came yeah. and, and blew us out. So, what? Well, well, I mean, what would you rather see? Would you rather see Notre Dame ranked ahead of Alabama uh, or ranked ahead of Michigan? You don't need to ask me that. Brad? I want to see a 50-burger. Where do I get one of those? <laughs> um, I think Alabama, actually. I, I don't know. I, I think you'd, you'd hear a lot of people saying, like, well – why is Notre Dame ranked ahead of Michigan when Michigan beat Notre Dame? And it would be this whole talking point that we'd have to be subjective. But you would have two more. They would have two more losses than Notre Dame. That, but still, there, there's no, there, there'd, be, there'd be no reason for them to. Right. There'd be no reason, but they still would. I could still see that happening. And I could still be, I can feel myself getting frustrated about it right now. Just thinking of the like yeah. theoretical. How whereas, could the AP decide to put a four loss team in front of Notre Dame? No. They'll figure out a way if they if they really. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't think they will. I think uh, I think if, think Al- if Alabama them. wins, Michigan yeah. drops down to like, I mean, even I mean they drop down to like nineteenth, twentieth. Um, but if Michigan would win, Alabama surely would have to fall. I mean, because they're right there. They're only a couple spots ranked higher than Notre Dame right now. You would have to think that that would knock them back to sixteen, seventeen. An Alabama yeah. football team? Are you kidding me? Which even which even goes to show you even further the amount of horseshit going on with these schedules across the country. Now, I'm not apologizing for Alabama's schedule at all. It's that's horrible. That's it's horse one. shit. But the rest of the country is doing the same thing. But you know, but well, who would you t- who would you take in a matchup, Minnesota or Alabama? You know, Penn State. I mean. There isn't much the argument. Big Ten there. or Alabama. Let's just say it: the Big Ten minus Ohio State or Alabama. And you take Alabama. Yeah, I mean that's I, that's that's this year is just such a. It, it, I, I and I keep saying it, it's a crap season, and a lot of it has to do with this because there's so much mishmash of mediocrity that it's hard to really appreciate who really is good and who isn't. Like it, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. And your top your top teams going to the playoffs were pretty much I mean, outside of L I mean, LSU is the only surprise, right? You could yes. but if Alabama beats LSU in that one game, so it came down to one game. If Alabama beats LSU, Alabama is gonna be in the playoffs because they would have beat Georgia in the SEC championship. So it would have been right. So yeah. there's a, there's only one difference between what everybody else predicted. So how is that a good season? That's the same as every season there's been since the Yeah, true. I mean, you got a point. But there's just there was a lot to me. I felt like all season long it was just like we're getting nothing here. There's no like the big games. To me, there was a lot less big games. 
And well, Jude, and even the big games Jude, Jude, Jude argued against the point, and he's like, well, "No, just, it was like uh, three weeks ago." Jude argued with you, and you well, were yeah, like, but, and because, he was "Well, said, next week there's a big, but that's that's rivalry week. That's every year that week should be like that." I'm this talking about the week out of conference schedule. Notre Dame was the headliner for almost every out of conference game. They held up their end of their bargain for the Georgia game, but the only other big out of conference games were um, Texas LSU, which at the time felt very big, and Texas. I mean. Texas proceeded to shit the bed the rest of the year, right? Um, and then Auburn and Auburn and Oregon was the only other big out of conference game that that I can really remember. Outside of that, I mean, what are what are your big out of conference takeaways? Does does Texas A and M Clemson really move the needle? No. no. Yeah, I mean, you were absolutely spot on. Out of conference this season was among the worst that it's been in the last five years. And if you go back five years ago and look at the out-of-conference, there has been diminishing returns every single year since the inception of the college football playoff. That is an absolute fact. Yeah, because the lie was told. The lie yeah. was told that resume matters when it really does not, just as long as you win. So we, we diverted off the, the goodness of the <laughs> Camping World Bowl. So, and we're getting close to an hour here, so we're going to start to wrap this up. But something I wanted to bring up is – Iowa State's got a strong fan base, and that is a positive in, the, in this in this manner. Number one, it's a big reason why the Camping World wanted them. Like, like Iowa State fans travel, y'all. Like they they freaking might be a home love, game. They love to get out of the middle of the country. They have no problem doing that. Might be a home uh, game. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna be a lot. I mean, yeah. Number one, Notre Dame fans are disappointed. Iowa State fans are pumped up. There's gonna be a difference in ticket sales right there alone. Um, Iowa State's already sold their entire allotment of tickets. Yeah, Notre Dame's probably still going to be throwing deals our way for the next couple of weeks. But so, I mean, look, there's a there's a great site on SB Nation, Wide Right Natty Light. We've known them for a long time. Back when Brad and I were both on blog one uh, on Subway Domer, uh, they started off over there. They're with SB Nation now. They got a great shirt for sale. It's in Iowa State colors. But damn it, I, I might end up buying one. Uh, Catholics versus Combines. That's a that's a great that's a great play Fantastic. on on everything. I mean that's that's Fantastic. really good. That's solid. Jealous of the of that. Let's we'll see what there. we can do. Yeah, look at that. So so you got you got some good stuff going on there. Uh, we put up a, a trophy up for grabs. Not, not just the Campy World Bowl trophy itself, but this could be the the battle for the jeweled corn. <laughs> I almost was going to have it. Corn Lely pipe. Uh, corn Lely pipe. That is right. <laughs> that's. That's what this game is. It's the battle for the jeweled Corlelli pipe. Uh, so I mean, look, they're gonna have they're gonna have fans. They're gonna be pumped, excited. Notre Dame fans are not gonna be. There's a way to make this better for yourself if you just realize the situation that we're in. All the shit we talked about throughout this hour on this podcast of of the bad things, you know, whether it be Notre Dame's fault or the media's fault or the college football rankings' fault. It all boils down to they still have a game to play. It's the last game leading up, and there there's plenty of fun still to be had, right? And look, maybe this makes college football the bowl season much a little more interesting for Notre Dame fans. Like if we if we want to get in the top ten, there's certain things that have to happen. So pay attention to those. Uh, but I just I as crap as much as I would rather play in the Birmingham Bowl against <laughs> you know. Against, against Cincinnati or the pinstripe bowl against Michigan state. This is what we have. 
I'm excited to God, see that's Chase That's so anticlimactic. <laughs> I want to see Chase Claypool go up against... I want to see Chase Claypool play against the Big 12 defense. Um, I'm very excited for it. And I've, now, there's I've a story seen their propensity. I've seen their propensity to play eight-man fronts, and I don't give a damn. I don't. Think How many that... times have we heard Brian Kelly talk about a, a Big 12 defense? I got to say it's been... Brad, do you remember him saying that a couple of times? Was that maybe two years ago? We're like... Uh, you know, or like Big Twelve off. I yeah, he threw some shade yeah. at him one way or the other. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, so the, the here we go. I mean, I mean, there'll certainly be some breakdown of the actual bowl game leading up. To I am it. combing through the sand in but, Sarasota to find the <laughs> to find the goodness in Orlando. But damn it, I'm gonna get there because uh, we will is, make it. I've I've made you a trophy. I've made you a fantastic <laughs> snuggie gift. <laughs> I will you for the entirety leading up to this bowl game to get you hyped to play Iowa State. They are a nameless opponent. You know what? I don't care who Notre Dame's playing in this bowl game. You can put a goddamn bag on their head and turn off the lights. It does not matter as long as Notre and Dame. And see, the whole point was, if you squint real hard, they look like USC. They look exactly. Yeah. So that's like that's why we that's why we have the battle for the jeweled the jeweled Corlandly. It does not matter who Notre Dame is playing in this bowl game. It is the last chance with some players that we love very much playing in a bowl game that will get them 11 wins. There is no reason not to be hyped. And I think that this team, just to be able to kill the Matt Campbell hype, to be able to get an 11th win for a 13th data point on this particular season, I am very excited for it. Uh, more so than I would be for having to to muck it up with Texas or some has been power five program. Let's let's bring on the sort of darling of the the media. Uh, I'm all for it, man. Brad, you got any parting shots here about all this? I mean, you yeah, are the, yeah, you are the recent Notre Dame graduate. Uh, drop your words of wisdom on this uh, on this action I got going on. Hoping to graduate. I've only finished classes. We'll graduate in May. Uh, so I just <laughs> I just like to shout out my friend Scotty. Um, known him since preschool he's getting married soon i just i want to really thank him for uh planning his wedding for december 28th i'm really looking forward to being there oh um, my god you never mentioned that before yeah so i'll be uh i'll be in the back i'll be in the back of church what if they phone. were in the playoffs brad <laughs> yeah it's just i i just can never forgive him for <laughs> He's probably gonna say it wasn't a fall wedding, bro. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I, I planned it for after the season. Clearly, you don't understand how this works. <laughs> um, but I'm, I am looking. I'm, I'm happy for him. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, but like I said, we'll be uh, a couple of us are gonna have our eyes on the game the whole time. Um, and I guess that's, that's so that makes it a big game, right? If you're actually, yeah. if you're gonna, if you're at one of your best friend's weddings and you're gonna make a. <laughs> barely just make yourself like look like a human being while exactly. you're dived into this football game that makes it an important game yeah, yeah. i mean not all of us are going to be up against some pressure but i will be <laughs> sweating it out <laughs> but yeah i am i guess i'll i'll probably get excited when the time comes but i'm still feeling like we should have got a better game but that's fine there wasn't a better game to get man i know, uh, I know. yeah that's i mean that that that's what it boils down to. And I think that's where like guys like, like, like Samson and Priester and, and a lot of other media members, like, like to shut it down. Uh, they don't want to get into the whole bit that we just went through for an hour, but shut it down. Like, like, look, this was it. And no, Notre Dame joining the ACC. Wouldn't hey, have had it's, not an op- hey, it's not an option. Notre Dame doesn't want to do that. It's not an option. 
wouldn't have played but Georgia. We would have ended up bad, playing. This is a bad cycle year, and this is what is put in front of them. And really, the Iowa State thing, I don't know if we touched on this at all, but a lot of this has to do with, there was a lot of backroom dealing, and uh, Brad, you sat through the god-awful um, four-hour, four-hour, bless your heart, uh, <laughs> selection show. But there was like two hours of backroom dealing, right, for these bowls in right, order yeah. to arrange who got to go to what. And, and Iowa State Notre Dame, well. yep. The reason Notre Dame's getting Iowa State is because Texas and Texas A&M didn't want to play each other. Texas oh, bowl, right? Because yeah. that was on the table. Texas, Texas A&M on the table for the Iowa bowl. And instead it's Okie State. And even Notre crappier is that Texas State. gets to play an actual opponent. I mean, in a way, I mean, Utah's yeah. ranked 11. Utah's ranked so 11. 7-5 and five ranked Texas team gets to play an, the 11th ranked team in Utah, where a 10-2 and two Notre Dame gets to play unranked Iowa State. Right. So, I mean, Utah and Notre Dame are both playing unranked teams, and the reason we're not playing Texas because Texas and Oklahoma State couldn't uh, – yeah. I mean, there's no reason Texas – Texas should be in the one playing in the Texas Bowl – and we should be playing either uh, Okie State or Kansas State, but Texas, uh, they didn't want to play. Uh, there was some politics involved with the uh, Texas State yes. legislation. And... All right. So you're saying it could be worse. You could be a Utah fan having a win. Oh, man. No, no, who just, who just jumped in here? From the top rope. You I, know, saw him, I saw him in there, and I was wondering. You crazy bastard. I was just about – we are just about an hour there. into it. We are literally an hour and five minutes into it, and I thought – we got I it. Just, I just Yo, came man, on. I've been talking shit about you for like 45 minutes. I, I just came on to plug Matt Campbell is totally overrated, which I'm sure you guys have already gotten into. <laughs> oh, I'll touch we that. Are in the, we that. are in the positive side of the podcast. And uh, I'll and, uh, also come in and plug uh, Season of Giving. Uh, there's some really cool stuff uh, that's going on in the, in the Notre Dame uh, community. So I hey, give, 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 the full, give the full spiel on that one, Jude. I know yeah, you got cool. one. All right, great. Um, there are three – uh, people in our Notre Dame kind of community that are raising money for um, the less fortunate among us. And uh, I'll start at the top with uh, Ryan Ritter, who I've, I've plugged before on this on this podcast, Eddie Tex. Um, he's continuing on his Extra Life campaign. His 24-hour marathon is coming up. He's already raised in excess of uh, $6,500, I believe, seven, maybe $7,000. I can't remember. He's, he's gotten very, very high, maybe 70, over $7,000 now. His stretch goal is 10000 so that's amazing. Um, Chris Wilson, who runs the Rakes Report, started his, uh, his I think, fifth year of uh, raising money for the Center for the Homeless. Let's see. It started in 2016, so 16, 17, 18, 19, fourth year. Um, this started as a... Uh, response to the god awful fundraising that was happening for the billboard that was going to be the Fire Kelly billboard that started out for the NDN crew or the ad they were going to take out in the South Bend Tribune or whatever that ended up doing. Um, he's he's trying to raise uh, seven thousand dollars this year so he can raise he can have raised twenty five thousand dollars collectively for the Center for the Homeless, which is amazing. The group that does something in uh, not something it does a lot in for. Um, the uh, homeless population in South Bend. So that's, uh, that's giving, you know, back locally. And um, finally, Steve Newman, who probably, if you are on Twitter, you know more as tax bastard um, is raising money for the Godfrey Lee schools in uh, Michigan. And uh, he basically um, gives, you know, he, he did a hat and coat drive, I think the first year. And, and now he's on to 
Christmas giving, raising money for kids who can't, you know, whose parents can't afford Christmas presents and, and providing for that school district, which is an underfunded school district in his area. So um, we can do links in the show notes. Yeah, I, I'll have links in the show notes uh, cool. for, for the podcast stuff. It'll be on the on the site um, when I when I post a podcast. We'll we'll put all that stuff up. It is the Christmas season. Um, I mean, we should be helping. We should be doing a lot more for our fellow man all throughout the year. But this is this, certainly this time of year. Uh, you you get all the extra special feels. Um, uh, so please please do something if you if you can if it if it's within your power uh please look look at yourself just a little bit and see if there's just a little something you can do because every little bit i'm not being corny or stupid about it every little bit does count uh in a lot of these cases and it, and just you know if you don't want to for some reason you don't want to de- reach in your pocket and give the center for the homeless um go ahead and Look at the the T-shirts that Bridget Reynolds designed. Um, yeah, you know, RTDB, ring the damn bells. <laughs> that is uh, one of the most high quality. That's a good shirt. Yeah, twelve braids of Christmas. Um, you know, buy yourself a shirt, and a portion of the proceeds goes to the Center for the Homeless. So you get a Christmas gift uh, for somebody on your list. Uh, get them a cool T-shirt or a hoodie or a magnet or a laptop case or whatever <laughs> whatever your heart's desire. Um, and it, you know, and then know that you've also, you know, that, that, the, that the, the profit that the Chris would have would have put in his own pocket or Bridget's pocket is instead going to the center for the homeless. So it's a win-win on those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey Jude, if I was to buy a compass at the store, it would point to North, but if I was to buy a moral compass, it would point to Jude. <laughs> The <laughs> every moral compass on this podcast points to water points to right New York. To, right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and of course, he he jumps in before <laughs> before my parting shot, just yeah. to make me see. Yeah, we're not. That's a that's a bit that's going to end. Uh, yeah, I look forward to to hearing what I missed. I'm sure you guys uh, lit up Matt Campbell appropriately. Um, I you know, he- we really didn't. Oh, I really? tried. I it, said it was, was like I said it, he was two and eight in his last ten games against ranked opponents. Um, you, I, I don't think that I mentioned that they haven't beat a team ranked above five hundred this year. But uh, yeah, well, they they did. They beat they did beat Texas, who's seven and five. So they got guys, that going. Oh, that's right, and, guys. And, we and, ended this podcast with a, like we're super excited. Count, uh, if you count FCS wins, they also beat Northern Iowa in triple overtime to open the season. The old twenty nine twenty six barn burner. And uh, I think it's two overtime. So, but um, Jude, were any of those games? Were any of those games the battle for the jeweled cornelia pipe? Yeah, I, I uh, absolutely love the the importance here. I'm I'm a big fan of Brendan all Brendan's Photoshop, but that one uh, had me chuckling very loudly in my seat at work and getting a couple weird stares from my coworkers. So, uh, there's an importance here, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. That's it. Jude, man, for the top rope coming in. That's some that's some classic stuff right there. By God, that's Jude's music. <laughs> <laughs> like we, Goldberg coming in. If we, if we actually had editing skills, we could uh, put sound effects there. That would be that'd be pretty dope. So, all right. Well, we're gonna end it. Um, I think uh, possibly another podcast uh, coming later this week. We're I. 
I'm really trying to, uh, we're going to try to schedule up a couple as much as we can. Uh, we got all, uh, Brendan's come up with some topics. I got some topics and I, I think, uh, overall we, we can have some, uh, just a little bit more fun. Um, look, we're going to be forced to have some fun. Uh, hockey is been terrible. Men's basketball, terrible women's basketball, not good. Uh, this is going to be a long, uh, winter sports season. Uh, so that probably means we're going to be talking ball and I'd like to do that with an 11 and two record on us. Um, even if we have to bitch about being ranked 12th when it's all said and done, uh, but uh, <laughs> we'll definitely do it. Uh, please rate and review the podcast. We, we really appreciate any feedback you have. Um, I, I have gotten a lot more in the last few weeks, which is fantastic. Those are all going, um, you know, in, in a spot, not necessarily in the trash can. Uh, those, those are ideas and, and things we're trying to use. Um, check us out. One foot down.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, and that's about it. So get that Michigan. Yes, fan we, yeah, we get are on TikTok. off there. Get the Michigan. I, fan I was working there. on making a TikTok video today as a matter of fact. So, uh, <laughs> look for us on TikTok, and maybe in a week I'll have another video. On there. <laughs> so, and it won't be me dancing, which, uh, Maybe 20 years ago would have been a would have been a disappointment for you. Now, not so much of a disappointment. I want to see you do the Natty Ice Bucket Challenge on TikTok. I'm not sure what that is. I, I was gonna do just drink, natty, do the, just drink a bucket of Natty Ice. Listen, I've I've seen all these like these 20 year olds doing the Crip Walk. I'm 41. And I'm like, you know what? Y'all ain't Crip Walking right. Let me let me, let me take it back. Uh, and I. <laughs> That video got deleted though uh, before I even edited. <laughs> I might have might have tweaked a knee. So, anyways, uh, we're gonna end that there and uh, go Irish. Mm-hmm.